Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 21. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, my name's Brandon Curry. Josh Bond. Trevor Lindy. You'll notice that uh, one of our um, extroverted panelists is not here right now, Jeff Collins. That, that's a good adjective, extroverted. Yeah. Because yeah. he is, quote unquote, in Halifax right now yeah. on some sort of business transaction, supposedly. Living the life. Good old uh, Royal LePage <laughs> yeah. conference. Yeah. So good for him. Big cheerleader. We we actually hate him. So uh, (laughs) just a little bit, and just for right now. By the time (laughs) everybody's listening to this episode, he is back. He'll be back. Yeah, and he listens to this on his Apple TV. So well, then he is going to get. This is going to be good. Oh, I'd love to be a fly on that wall. Yeah. Hopefully, he had a good time. Uh, Hopefully, he had a good time. By the pictures, he is having a good time. Uh, so drooling. He's got butter like <laughs> dribbling down his. Let's just his say he's chin. taking care. He's Garlic taking butter. advantage of yeah. all the, the lobster that's in uh, down east. Um, so Trevor, uh, this particular episode, you actually had a question come in, and what was that all about? Gonna tackle down payment. Oh yeah, I get asked that quite a bit, and it, same with, uh, we deal uh, with it. Very with very uh, hot topic to say the least. And you know what? Like, uh, I'll, I'll take a step back before getting like into the topic itself. But when it comes down to a down payment, people got to realize don't shoot the messenger. Lenders have specific requirements. The reasons for a lot of those requirements that they have are anti-money laundering laws. It is government law. So don't shoot the messenger because they're asking. Now, do some lenders go beyond and ask for a little bit more or what might be borderline, let's call it invasive? Sure. Absolutely, there are lenders out there that have stricter policies than others, but the broker, the you know agent, the bank representative that you're working with, they're just the messenger. Don't shoot them. Don't get all upset. Buy it. If you want some explanation, ask the question. Don't just automatically rip off their head. So and that's I find that very common. People jump and try and rip off my head because they're upset at the uh, the document requirements and and you know let's have the conversation and I'll help explain why. So let's let's dial it back. So the first yeah. step is they come and see you and you basically find out what they can be approved for. Yes. So let's say that amounts four hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. And does that include a down payment or not? That's the maximum they're willing to get borrowed. That so when I do a pre-approval for somebody, I always base it on their purchase price. Their purchase price. Yes. So I will, if, if $400,000 is the number that I give somebody that is based on, I tell them what their down payment requirements are. And that is obviously, they've fed me with that information. Right. They've said, you know, I want to put down 20%, 5%, whatever the circumstances being. That is based on that information they provided. Not the lending price, the nope. purchase price. The Purchasing purchase price. price. The reason I choose to do it that way, because there are some that will tell you what you can afford for a mortgage amount. Right. But then that becomes convoluted because this is the mortgage amount. Well, how does it factor in the, uh, if you're less than 20%, how does it factor in the default insurance premium? Right. All that All sort that of stuff. stuff. So I like to tell you what the purchase price is. The benefit of also telling you what the purchase price is, is if you tell me your down payment is going to be 10% on 400,000, you've got 40K that you're putting down on the purchase. And I say, okay, you know what? If you want to go beyond that, you think you, you know, you're not finding anything at 400, you want to be 410, 415. Clearly the math is very simple. If you have the ability to come up with the extra 10, $15,000. So now you're at 55 to afford that 415. Bob's your uncle. You can get it done. 
Okay. As long as you got so, the cash. As long as, as, long as you got right. the cash. So Absolutely. basically, so the key is that you know, and I and I've 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 put my mortgage through you a couple times. So it's basically the whole notion of purchase price. What what do I need? To, to purchase with and then we'll figure out the down payment and all the numbers later on which is a good way to do it yeah because uh, you're working backwards and even so much so as I had a, a transaction where there were, after the inspection was done there was an abatement in the purchase price by a measure of $1,700 and I'm not sure if the lending institution didn't pick up on that amendment because you know the way they come in the area form right it's yeah. sometimes tucked away um, and, you know, the, the client just supplies the bank with, uh, or the lender or the brokerage, with uh, the agreement of purchase and sale in its, in its totality. Um, so then when I got the mortgage instructions, I noted that the purchase price was didn't account for the amendment. So we, d- we were waiting until closing date to get amended instructions because they actually changed. Because I for guess sure. their loan to value r- was so yep. close. They had to change the mortgage product and actually advance seventeen hundred dollars minus less. the down payment. They wouldn't. Oh, they would, yeah, they the wouldn't fund around. that. Yes. they wouldn't fund the seventeen hundred dollar abatement that yep. the purchaser got in the purchase. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, in, in that type of instance, for yeah. sure, right? You know, the the hard part is, uh, you know, I I, true, I wish Jeff was here for this part because there are some real estate agents that. I don't know if they think that the deals just magically come together that I pull a rabbit out of the hat. I've got the deal all the paperwork. Yeah, I don't know what it is, right? Where, you know, Trevor just has everything, uh, you know, and then somebody like Jeff who is adamant, like here's here's the MLS, like he sends me a nice clean package. Here's the MLS, the purchase agreement, any amendments to the agreement, all the details. He will make note on something like that. I've got other agents that will, but, you know, I'm using Jeff as the example here. I've got uh, lots of agents that I work with that, you know, it's not it's the, the norm, deal, right? It's the deal fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's, it's very different. And, and, you know, we all work together on these deals. We need to get them done. We, you know, we, we all need to have the client's best interest in mind. So working our way through it, right. And making sure that everybody's in the loop, not, uh, um, you know, a phone call from, from you or your, you know, your assistant saying, Hey, we need, uh, we need this. We need amended, amended instructions. Did you note this? Did you, um, you know, it's, it doesn't look, it doesn't reflect well on any of us when we're in the 11th hour and having to, to make those types of changes. Okay. Absolutely. So now let's just go over the different percentages on, on down payment. Okay. Yep. Can you do a 0% down payment? Let's skip over that for a second. Okay. You can do a 5% and then... 5% down payment. So, okay. Generally so speaking, 5 is is 5%, customary. 5% is the minimum down payment requirement. The reason why I say let's skip over the 0% down payment, and uh, I'll just get into it now, is because there are a select few lenders out there that have what's called a flex down product. So you're still putting down 5%. Okay, so you're still putting down 5% on the purchase of the property. But what a flex down product does is if you have a line of credit or you have the ability to go and get a loan and you can qualify to make the payments on that credit facility, as well as your new mortgage payments, property taxes, heating costs, they will approve. You do pay a premium on the default insurance premium that is higher because you have borrowed down payment. But there is that option out there. Technically, when you think about it, you, the consumer, has zero money in the game. You have okay. no skin in the game. Yeah. And that's why it's reserved for people with very high credit scores with the ability to afford and pay the liability. So you've got uh, a lot of people get confused with CMHC, which is 
which is what? Canada Trevor? Mortgage and Housing Corporation. And what does that do? It's default insurance. Right. So if they someone de- it's the perc- it's the probability of someone defaulting on their mortgage. There's an insurance premium that you pay of twenty if you lay down twenty percent down payment or less. Correct. Less than twenty percent. Nineteen point nine nine percent and lower or less. And CMHC um, is just one of the insurers. That's right. Correct. It's just one, but, but a large it's one. It's the most common. Uh, yeah. CMHC is a crown corporation, so everybody knows that as. Yeah. The default insurer. Uh, we do have Genworth Canada as well as Canada Guarantee. They are the three default insurers in the country. They all charge the same premium. There's no difference one to the other. They've got a couple of unique products make them, you know, that each of them have to differentiate themselves. But for all intents and purposes, your default insurer doesn't, right. doesn't matter. It's going to be static. Okay. Correct. So if someone puts now that is mutually exclusive to, um, mortgage life and health and disability insurance that is something completely different right they're two mutually exclusive diff- uh, it's different insurance yes. right so that so Pe- that's all when when people are getting a mortgage you know they feel like they are uh, um, being offered all these insurance products but this Default insurance is really for the lender and that's exactly right? it. this is protecting the lender so a privilege for you the buyer buying a house with less than 20 percent down you, the consumer, has to buy a default insurance premium. That default insurance premium protects the lender that in the event that you were to default, they will still get their money. The Whereas insurance as of the legislation that just changed just a year and a half ago, that if you are over 20%, that where before it would fall on the Crown Corporation or those two other insurers, it's now on the financial institution to pony up the insurance to back that, that mortgage. The... The institutions always had the ability to securitize their their Correct. money on the back end, to securitize their mortgage book on the back end. That always happened. But what had happened when those changes started to come into effect, insurable, insured, uninsurable, uh, basically at that point it was, um, what's the right way to... Uh, the right way to put this is lender risk sharing. The lenders now have a uh, responsibility to share that risk so it wasn't 100% on the default insurers, which is why we see a difference in rates now. We see a difference in rates because you're 20% down, cost the lender more money to back end insure And to put that into logic Mm. for people that are listening, and and the the reason why previous to this legislation being passed was essentially this. The probability of someone defaulting on their mortgage who had put 20% down or higher and they were, and the probability of them defaulting was very, very low, which is why you got... Uh, Our uh, default rates in the country are as a whole are extremely low. Astronomically but low, I mean, yes. even with 20% down, if the person does default, you know there's equity there. There's, there's exactly, yes. there's at least They've got skin equity. in the game, yeah. right? So Whereas and someone, that's why the premium drops as you have more money down. As you get you closer to that 20%, a right? And this, well, even from the lender's perspective, you know, I always say that 35 is the new 20, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because once they get to 35% loan to value, like 65% loan to value, 35% or more skin in the game as a borrower, that's when the premium's at its all-time low. Like, it's not going to get any lower than that for them, so. Right. So... 
Um, I guess then, so when you're when thinking about a down payment, you also have to ca uh, factor in, if you're lower than 19.99% down payment, you have to factor in the CMHC fees. You also have to factor in, Bondo, your legal fees yep. as well. Well, we um, always cover off closing costs. You do. Like ev uh, every, yeah. every lender, though, yep. has that Budget requirement where it. you have to... Land yes. transfer tax. Yeah, right? you got it. 1.5% of your purchase the, price. The lenders, stop me if I'm wrong. The lenders, stop me if I'm wrong, uh, Trev, is... You're trying to look at the whole package from a financial perspective. You got it. Right? 100%. Try to dot every I in terms of the expenses. Yeah. You know, within reason. You and can. even a first-time home buyer has mm -hmm. to show that they can afford the land transfer tax. Mm, I didn't know that. Right? That's, and if you're in the city in Toronto and you're listening to us, you actually pay two land transfer taxes. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to, you have to cover off your uh, 1.5%, regardless sure. whether you're a first-time home buyer or not. We need to show documents that you can afford it. You know, we may need, we may be able to show it that you, you know, you put it into a credit facility, board on a credit card, pay it off in a 12 month window. Right. There's ways around that. But most importantly, you know, the whole point of this is to talk about the down payment. Right. The requirements that you're going to be need. So let's know, get to that. Stuff. Let's get to yeah. that. Right. So um, we don't want uh, anyone uh, tuning, tuning, tuning us out, but because this is a really good topic. Right. I mean, and let's use me as an example, because I was one of those people that. Uh, Trevor, that you know, like you were phenomenal to deal with, uh, but one of the one of the financial institutions that we were choosing to deal with. Uh, I think I needed to document the birth of my first child. It's like, the way it, it starts it, to feel. It was right? ridiculous. Like, yeah. It was ridiculous, and that's purely because I was self-employed. Because um, I'm technically self-employed, um, the documents. Whereas, Nightmare. whereas my <laughs> wife would literally, who was on mat leave at the time, literally just had to show a pay stub and a letter uh, of employment saying when she's and a letter of employment work. saying she was coming back. Just two pieces of of information. That was it. Because it comes down to they want proof of income, right? right. Whereas yeah. me, uh, even though I've got years of history and whatever. Um, they wanted a whole bunch of documentation. So speak to that. Yeah, so th that that specifically touches on the income itself. When it comes to down payment, you really have, uh, you know, own resources, the flex down that I had mentioned previously in the or earlier in the episode, or gifted down payment. Those now, really are your only options. Now, I remember, uh, now this is going, of course, showing my age a bit, but maybe 15, 20 years ago, there I'm were a few. showing the age, though. <laughs> like, we've had so many changes in this business since 2008. Yeah. The last 10 years. But I recall there was, I don't know if this happens anymore, there was a couple lending institutions that would actually gift you your down, but charge you a higher interest rate. Yeah, so it doesn't happen anymore. Okay. That was the equivalent of the flex? A, a flex down, okay. uh, just done differently. Gotcha. Just done differently. The government doesn't allow anything like that to happen now. Um, so it's where you, the consumer, borrows it from a credit facility that you already have okay. or go out and get, right? If it, it was a matter of applying for a new loan. Um, when it comes down to it, uh, you know, to touch on the down payment own resources, lenders are going to ask for 90 days history. It's anti-money laundering laws that they are, you know, dotting the I's, crossing the T's for. That 90 days bank history, they are going to look at that statement if they see large deposits going into the account, they are going to ask us for the source of the funds. You got money in the mattress at home, whatever it is, you know, you're selling a car, you've got to have documentation of where it came from, right? You know, that's the reality of it. If we can't show documentation, they're not going to be, they're not going to allow us to use it. 
right? Plain and simple. Yeah. Gifted down payment obviously is going to be a little bit different. We're going to get a gift letter from the gifter. It does have to be an immediate family member, mom, dad, brother, sister, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, you know, estranged cousin, whoever they don't classify in that category. And they're going, the lender is going to ask to see in most cases that the funds have been deposited to your bank account. They're going to want to make sure that, you know, if this gift letter is for, say, we're using the $400,000 example here, they're looking for 20000 to be deposited into the account. Matches, good, we're done. There are lenders out there that will ask for the, the gifter's bank account. So if it's mom and dad gifting you the money, they may turn around and want to see that mom and dad have the money to give you, right? It all depends. Yeah. It's how quick are we to closing, right? As, as time, you know... Closing seem to be getting shorter. I don't know yeah. how it is oh, yeah. in, in, you know. You're lucky if you get a couple of weeks now, almost from our perspective. Right? That's the way I'm feeling. Like people are, you know, I don't know if it's because it's, you know, they're leveraging it as a negotiating tool to get these deals done. But closing, what used to be, I got started, you know, it was four months sometimes for closings. Now oh, yeah. we're yep. we're lucky for 45 days. Oh, I think 45 days oh, is yeah. probably an average. Cl- if I were to go back and look at all of my business over 2018 right now, I bet you I've got an average closing of 45 days or less on every file. I'd say mine's two weeks. Yeah. That would be the average. As terrible as that is from once we get either the, the mortgage instructions or yes. the agreement of purchase and sale. Yeah. So, but for those listening, don't let your lawyer or their uh, associate fool you into thinking that they need a week. <laughs> <laughs> they can do it in less time. <laughs> Given the circumstances, of, of course, right? It's it's just funny, like they, uh, yeah. Anyways, that's yeah. that's a joke. That's for another <laughs> conversation. And so Curry's half undressed by now. Yeah, Jesus. unbuttoning that top button. Oh just boy, like a here we go. Yeah. Um, are you looking at pictures of Collins? No, no I'm not. <laughs> I'm looking up what you guys are talking about. What are um, we talking about? No, just the whole down payment piece. Okay. Um, so, so you got the title. Uh, yeah, we've got, yeah. So we've got, so basically, uh, is there anything else you want to touch on with regarding this topic? No, that that's really it, right? You know, there's only a few sources of down payment and I cannot stress enough. You need to make sure that any large transactions that are going into your account are Papered. accounted for. Mm-hmm. You need, you need to have it associated. Um, you need to have that record. So sale a home. I had somebody sell a trailer. They sold a trailer. They expected a letter that from themselves, the person selling the trailer, I sold my trailer to Josh Bond. They expected that to be okay with a lender as proof. No, nothing from, and, and when you sell a trailer, it's different, you know, the way ownership changes. They don't turn around, like you don't go to the, the ministry the same way. Um, at least this is how it was explained to me when, when this woman was going through this. I basically was told that, you know, I'm accusing them of, of being a liar and a cheat. And, and why would I possibly think that? But we have no proof from the person that bought your trailer that said, yeah, I gave you this money. And you've got no control. None. Right? You have to have... Whatever yes. it is that the lender is saying, this has to be For proven. Sure. And and again, if there are circumstances where lenders, I think their ask is a little much. And in those instances, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to make sure that, you know, it is a last resort that we're going to get, you know, that information. 
But something as simple as this example of selling a trailer, you cannot write yourself a letter saying, I sold Josh or Brandon a trailer for X amount of dollars <laughs> and expect that that deposit to the bank account be substantial to cover your, your basis. Now, an affidavit from the purchaser would probably suffice. Correct. Yeah. If the, if So if you bought from me and yep. you said, I, Josh Bond, bought a trailer from Trevor for Lindy X for X amount of dollars. Perfect. I's are dotted, T's are crossed, move on, and... Bob's your uncle. You got it. Or if you, or right? the, the paperwork that's used at the MTO, because you had to tra- transfer the... Well, transfer... That's why I said, like, transferring a trailer is different, so we won't get into oh, okay. all of that. But yeah, you've got to have proof. something, Some right? A, a lot of people like to keep cash in their mattress. At this day and age, kind of funny. In 2008, it was different because of the FDIC and the CDIC and everybody thinking they're going to lose their money because of all the stuff that happened in the States. But if you've got money sitting in a mattress, you better well get it into a bank account if you're going to use it for a down payment. It's got to get in there. It's got to vest for 90 days before. Yep. Same thing will happen. If you're using your RSPs, RSPs is a form of savings, everybody. If you're using your RSPs towards a down payment, it has to be in there for 90 days in order for you to withdraw it, right? Yep. So. Oh, yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Trevor. Perfect. Nice. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks for everyone for listening yeah, at uh, episode twenty-one. Um, yes. And uh, please keep subscribing, sharing, and uh, liking our uh, our podcast. Keep Remember, the questions coming. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, available everywhere. Uh, podcasts podcasts are, available. are available. All right. Thanks, hey, guys, everyone. Thanks. Take care. Out. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hey, 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 hey. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.